Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Good afternoon, Blue Demons. My name is Ryan Hinsky, and this is Demon Time. Uh, and this is actually going to be the last edition of Demon Time. Um, and today, we're going to wrap up what the winter quarter has looked like around DePaul University in terms of athletics, um, and maybe a little preview looking into spring quarter. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to be uh, kind of talking about some of the things we've seen from the basketball teams um, this season, um, the outcome of both seasons, and what uh, the future might be looking like. So, yeah, welcome to Demon Time, the final one of the quarter. Uh, and, yeah, we're just going to get right into it. And we're going to start with the uh, DePaul Blue Demons women's basketball team. They finished 8-12, and 12, 10 games behind first place UConn, who was 18-2. and two. Um, They were 16-17 and 17 overall. Kind of an uncharacteristically, or I guess uncharacteristic losing season uh, for DePaul. To wrap it all up, though, they went to the Big East Tournament uh, in New Jersey. Or, no, not, was it New Jersey? Yeah, something like that. It was at where UConn is. Oh, Connecticut, obviously. Um, they beat Providence 67-54. to Pretty convincing win there. Obviously, Providence was second to last um, in the entire um, conference only ahead of 0-20 Xavier. Um, that being said, still a pretty convincing 13-point win. And then they went up against number 11 Villanova, 11th in the country, second in the Big East. And guess what? Just a game behind UConn. And, man, it was close. 71-70 to was the final score. Absolute thriller of a game in the Big East tournament in the quarterfinals, I believe. Uh, and DePaul was behind two points going into the fourth quarter. Uh, that fourth quarter saw DePaul scoring 18 points to Xavier 17, but it was just one point short. Um, even before that, um, the third quarter, they won that quarter 20-14. to 14. Um, And if we look at some of the, the box score here, Anissa Morrow with her normal uh, great game, 17 total rebounds, including seven offensive rebounds of DePaul's 24 offensive rebounds. Um, she also dropped 24 points. She had three blocks, uh, an assist, a, seal, a steal, six turnovers was probably her weakest stat line, 10 for 27 from the floor, so not super efficient, but she did a lot of the other things. Uh, Kendall Holmes dropped 20, went 5 for 9 from 3. Incredible shooting night. Uh, also had 5 rebounds in that one and 2 assists. Uh, Naya Peoples had a steal 3 blocks. That's what she does. 17 points, though. Um, 7 for 13 from the field. Only 2 for 7 from the free throw line, but got there 
a bunch of times. Five assists, six rebounds, really all around game for her. Um, and yeah, that was that was it. Just wasn't enough. Um, and you know when we look over at 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 what uh, Villanova did, just one point better. Maddie Segrist dropped twenty six points, um, eleven for twenty two from the field, and you know Villanova. They lost the rebounding battle by 18. They had 36 to DePaul's 54 rebounds and lost the offensive rebounding battle by 14. Uh, 24 for DePaul, just 10 for the Wildcats. I say just 10. That still is a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, But they shot 42% from the field, 42%, and also 78.6% from the free throw line, hitting 11 of 14. You can't say the same for DePaul. You know, DePaul only shot 37.5% from the free throw line. So, you know, DePaul shot 37.8% from the field. Not very good. Got a lot of those offensive rebounds, though. It just was one point short. Just one short. And that would have been a trip to the semis uh, where Villanova won. They beat Creighton by two. And then, of course, losing in the Big East Championship to number seven, UConn, um, who's, you know, has the automatic bid um, and is going to the tournament. Um, Kind of a, you know, I would say uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically mediocre season. You know, Anissa Morrow is amazing, shooting 42.5% from the field, Dropping 25.7 points per game. I mean, absolutely future awesome player in the WNBA. Yet DePaul was still in the bottom half of the 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 Big East. Still bottom half. Um, and, you know, obviously it's, you know, understandable that you're behind UConn. You're behind Villanova. Um, even Marquette looked really good this year. But you also have Creighton, St. John's, and Seton Hall are all above them. And, you know, me and Caleb covered the Seton Hall game at home uh, where DePaul won that game, and it was really evenly matched. And you would see in a normal year, it wouldn't look like that. And Seton Hall had this huge influx of talent that DePaul just didn't match. So what is this coming from? Why did the women have an offseason? I mean, I, I would just say inconsistency. And there was something that also I noticed, right? Because, you know, they got a win against 14 Maryland. Number 14 in the country at the time, Maryland, was a win. Um, obviously, they lost to 11 Villanova very narrowly there. They lost at home to UConn. Um, they, they actually lost to Villanova again again by three points uh, earlier this season, actually towards the end of the season. But they lost to number four UConn, 72-69. to That was a game that I covered as well, um, along with Jack. And, you know, that was a, a really hard-fought game, and they looked like they could compete with anyone. Um, but that, you know, they weren't able to pull out the win, and they didn't. they really didn't finish what they started and you know i i would it's really interesting um because the team you know they always 
They recruit well, you know. They, they, you know, you have Doug Bruno. You're gonna get you're gonna get players, um, and that's something that 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 um, is good, right? They're they're bringing in Lisa Thompson next year, um, who is you know a four star recruit. She's a a ninety three. Um, on the scouts grade, she's five seven from Joliet, um, and she's verbally committed. Um, so you know you 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 have a lot of of, and you'll get more of that, right? You'll get more of those uh, recruiting, just because you know it is it is Doug Bruno's team, and it's 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 pretty attractive to play for such a legendary coach, right? Um, but you know, inconsistency, right? Losing to Northern Illinois in the second game of the season, losing to Cleveland State right after that, losing to Towson, who's in the Colonial Conference, losing to Louisville, Marquette twice. And, and you know, here's where it gets bad is the losses to the Big East, right? Losing to Georgetown, St. John's, UConn, Creighton, four in a row there, St. John's again, Seton Hall. Villanova, UConn, Marquette, and then obviously Villanova again. Um, just losing, losing, losing to these these low-end to middle ground Big East teams that you absolutely need to beat. You know, you can afford to drop that Northern Illinois game, maybe even Cleveland State, maybe even Louisville. But you get you start getting to, the, you know, getting swept by St. John's. Uh, losing embarrassingly to to Seton Hall once, losing to Georgetown even. That's just not acceptable. And it's, you know, they gave up, I think, to me, when I covered their games or when I watched their games on television or watched them back on YouTube, I think one of the biggest issues was giving up runs, giving up huge runs and not being able to come back from it, just not being disciplined. Um, and, you know, we've talked to some of the assistant coaches uh, over this season, and it seems to be, you know, they can't run this Doug Bruno full-court press because there aren't enough players. There's not enough depth. Um, yeah, there's not enough players in the rotation that can that can run back and forth and do this full-court press consistently for an entire game. That's been a problem all year. They can't do the their they can't play the way they plan to play because someone is always injured. You saw Jory Allen at the end of the season. There were a lot of injuries all over the place. Um, you know, a lot of these ladies did not play um a lot of the the games. You know, you have, you know, games played, you know, I'm gonna sort this from top to bottom. Three players played every game Darian Rogers, Kendall Holmes, and Issa Morrow. Anaya Peoples played 31. Jory Allen played 30. Kiki Rimmer played 30. Uh, Tara Day played 25. Zaria Hurston played 25. And you start getting to the, you know, the bench goers here. So it, it looks like the the players that did play admittedly did, you know, the, the players that get playing time admittedly did play a lot, right? But you're looking here and it's it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight player rotation, right? An eight-player rotation at all times. That's going to be a problem. You know, if you get you get to nine and ten, that's fine. But if you're grinding through a season with eight players at one given time, you're going to struggle, especially during a full-court press, which 
requires, oh my gosh, the conditioning required to play basketball is absolutely insane. So I just think they're going to have to fill out that bench better next season. And I think things will be a lot better because this team is better than their record. I mean, absolutely played way better than their record. But when it came to them getting gassed, getting tired, they would give up runs to teams who are deeper. They have more players who can play more minutes. So that's something that they're going to have to work on this offseason. Just getting more. They don't have to be high-end talents. They don't have to be extremely praised top 100 uh, recruits. But they do have to be able to play solid minutes, play the press, be conditioned to play those kinds of minutes, and everything will be fixed. And that's my antidote for next season. Um, Let's hope they did it. It was, I will say, it was a disappointing season, bottom half of the Big East for the DePaul Blue Demons. But if they can just tweak a few things, they have a nice tomorrow next season, they should be fine. They only had two players that were celebrated on senior nights. We never know about transfers or random declarations for the draft for any of these other ladies. Um, but we do know that it wasn't a huge senior class. So the, the, the team should look pretty similar next year. Let's just hope they have more supporting um, players to help with that Doug Bruno, uh, you know, patented defense. Um, so, yeah, with that, we're going to go to a quick break, and I'll be right back to talk about the men's team. If I could be you. And you could be me for just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. I'm Chris Jackamick. I served in the United States Air Force and I deployed three times. Being a veteran, it's interwoven into your DNA. It is really the absence of the connection and the purpose that can really drive a lot of veterans to some uh, negative thoughts. For those who are in a suicidal crisis, the window of time to save somebody's life is very short. Our duty is to protect ourselves and protect our families. And one way you can do that is store your weapons safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by End Family Fire and the Ad Council. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the studio in downtown Chicago. My name is Ryan Hinsky, and you're listening to Demon Time, the final one of the quarter, and we're going to go right back at it with the DePaul men's basketball team, who finished the season on a 12-game lose streak. Losing streak, pardon me. Um, you know, they came out firing, then they lost three in a row, 
Then they beat Loyola Chicago. They won the battle of of Chicago. And then from there, you know, a 40-point loss to Northwestern. Du- losing to DeQuesne. Losing to Creighton. And then, you know, beating Georgetown narrowly by six points. Uh, sorry, seven points. Losing to Providence Butler. I mean, beating Villanova, but Villanova's not who they used to be. Losing to Seton Hall, and then beating number eight Xavier. Number eight in the country, Xavier. They beat. I was there for that. It was an incredible moment. And, you know, unlike the women's team that was uncharacteristically mediocre, this team had the highest high you could imagine, right? Beating the best-seeded team that they had on the schedule, right? They never played a team that was as high as the eighth seed. They played Marquette, who was 10. They only lost by six um, in Marquette, even. Um, But they beat number eight Xavier in dramatic fashion on a missed shot uh, off of a DePaul turnover that was absolutely insane. Um... Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the, the team, you know, ending the season thanks to giving up a 27-0 to run against UConn, going down 30 in, like, the first quarter against UConn, absolutely embarrassing. Um, just a, a horrible way to end the season on that 12-game losing streak. And you know that you you'd rather end you, you know you could have this terrible record three and seventeen against the Big East nine and twenty two overall, you could have this terrible record win the last three games beat a ranked team in there, and it and the off season looks completely different, but because you lose twelve in a row, right, and you beat Xavier that's awesome. What if they had beat Xavier at towards the end of the season, that'd be awesome, right? and Villanova at the same time, and Georgetown. You know, you had those wins together. Those were those three conference wins. Then you're looking at a completely different setting here. But because they lose the last 12, you start worrying about what the team's going to look like next year. And, you know, you had seven seniors celebrated um, on the team, including all five regular starters, right? You're an A. Uh, I'm just going to go down the list. Brendan Favre, Philmon Gebruit, Moja Gibson, Javen Johnson, uh, Deshaun Nelson, Nick Ungenda, and Iral Penn. All of them are gone. That's all five starters. That's Deshaun Nelson, who's your sixth man, who had a bunch of highlights this year. Brendan Favre didn't really play much, but still, you know, a valuable member of the team. So now, who do you have left? Ahmad Bynum. Zion Cruz, who was a top 100 recruit, is a freshman this year. The 6'2", 180-pound guard from Chicago. Or no, sorry, from, from New Jersey. Ahmad Bynum's from Chicago. Um, you still have Caleb Murphy from Atlanta. 6'4", guard, uh, junior, who transferred from University of Southern Florida. Um, you still have KT Ramey, the junior from Kansas City. The 6'3 guard. Uh, you have Mo Sal, who's another freshman from Downers Grove. Uh, the 6'5 guard. Um, you still have Jalen Terry. Right? You have you have him from Flint, from Flint, Michigan. Um, you got Jalen. 
the 6-0 guard. And then you have Max Williams still, um, who's a Chicago-born guy as well. Um, so what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So there were seven seniors celebrated on senior night and seven other players that weren't celebrated. So of those seven players, who stays? I'm not going to speculate that. I'm not going to do that because that's that's not fair um, to any of the players. It's not fair to anyone at DePaul to speculate, oh, who's going to leave, you know? I'm just saying that a 12-game losing streak is at the end of the season is not good for culture. It's not good for morale. If you're a student, if you're an athlete who was here this season for this men's basketball team and that happens at the end of the season, you might you might consider it. And that's something that is just natural. That's something that you really can't blame anyone for. Um but you just hope that that you know that everything around the team, you know, all the the coaches, the managers, the front office, they say, listen, I know things were rough this year. Next year, you're going to get an increased role with all these guys gone. We really liked what you brought to our team this year. And this is you guys' team. This is U7's team um, to figure out, right? And then they also have Babakar Mabengwe um, coming to the team. Uh, he's an international guy. He's a four-star recruit scout grade of an 80 from Williamstown, New Jersey. He is a center. Um, probably the biggest need DePaul has is a center, right? Because both of your centers, Yorane and Nick Ngenda, are gone. So you need a starting center. You need someone who's a bigger guy. Um, so that's good. That's a good sign, right? And he is committed to DePaul. Hopefully it stays that way. We'll see. Um, but it would be nice to have Babakar on the team next season. And you look around the Big East, right? You have Villanova dropping off. St. John's had a very disappointing season. You could see a lot of transfers coming out of there as well. Butler was 6-14 and 14 in the conference. Uh, Georgetown, obviously, is, is the, the little brother of the conference. Um, Providence didn't do as well as expected. Seton Hall is, is middle of the pack, right? So you still have a lot of teams up for grabs, right? You obviously have Marquette. This is the first time they've ever won the Big East. So this this is a you, you can see things fluctuating. Someone has to claim the Big East throne and that is not really done yet. We don't have a bona fide number 1 like we used to have with Villanova. That's a good sign for DePaul, right? There's years to come in which they can put themselves in that conversation. They just have to keep everyone around and get more guys, fix the culture, keep the facilities running efficiently. Um, keep the staff uh, with a bunch of experienced minds who know what they're talking about, who know what they're doing. Uh, <clears throat> make sure the coaching is right, the schemes, the scouting. Um, and, you know, that I think that's the good news, right, is that is that this isn't a Big East where, you know, everyone's just going to stay at the bottom, right? You, you have this, the, the year now where things are breaking open. And the Big East is up for grabs. And you have all these elite teams. And you have these teams at the bottom that can sort of push their way into that elite conversation. Um, it might take some years, but that is a good sign, right? You're not always going to bow down to Villanova. You know, if, if, you, if you catch my drift, right? I don't think Marquette maybe can sustain this. They have a really, really solid team that maybe can sustain for a few more years. We don't know what the recruiting is going to look like. But it's not all doom and gloom for the team this season. We just hope they can get 
things in shape this offseason and give DePaul um, a really interesting season next year. Um, in other news, the, the tennis season is wrapping up uh, April 7th. They're, both teams play, the men's and women's. The women's are, are 3-0 and in the Big East. The men are 0-2. Um, but the, the men aren't terrible. They're below 500. We'll see how that goes. The women are looking really nice, though. Um, their final match is the 7th of April. Um, also, the softball season is opening up now. DePaul looks pretty solid um, in that softball. They were they were uh, preseason ranked number one. Now it looks like it's a little bit more up for grabs. We'll see how that goes. But thank you for listening to the final Demon Time of Winter Quarter. My name is Ryan Hinsky, a freshman here at Radio DePaul Sports. I am stoked and honored to have the opportunity to host the final show of the quarter on Demon Time. Um, and I'm really glad you guys decided to join. And I hope you did enjoy. Um, and that maybe this gives you a better outlook than you had earlier today about the future of DePaul basketball. And with that, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. This is Ryan Hinsky. And this is Demon Time.